everyone, welcome to the OFT Podcast. I'm your host, Site Manager Joshua Voles, over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. And with me tonight, as always, Jude Seymour, editor, Brendan McAlinden, writer. Fellas, what's up? I should I think I should add some extra titles to Brendan. I mean, we got we got some pro fresh show notes tonight. Pro fresh to go along with his awesome Photoshop. So uh, golf clap uh, to uh, Brendan for uh, for making this thing a little more professional. Um, I don't want to bring the podcast down immediately, but I do want to address the uh, the death that we had in our family uh, today. Um, Chirpy, the uh, the bird of Chris Fink died after 15 long years on the 16 young, long years on this planet. And uh, I just my our, our thoughts and prayers are with uh, with the Fink family today and losing uh, a family member. I know it's got to be hard. And that is and uh, is there a Notre Dame funeral song? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, Notre Dame or mother? I, I mean, would it just be the alma mater? Okay, yeah, I think so. Right? Crazy train. I mean, if, if I, I mean, they put play that Crazy right Train on, on every third down, so I figure you could just use it for this too, right? <laughs> Maybe Crazy Train is the most appropriate. That bird led its best life. It was a, a bird that lives 50. I didn't even know birds could live 15 years, and that's fantastic. And I bet that bird led its best life uh, with the gifts and the videos that I've seen of Chirpy. Um, yeah. Other than yeah, absolutely Sam, I can't think of a bird that's had a better life. Yeah, and in honor of him today, I actually I sat down and watched uh, highlights from the seventeen, <laughs> or for, excuse me, from the eighteen uh, Michigan game, just to see uh, Fink do the bird walk. Fantastic. Well, anyways, I didn't mean to kill the momentum. I just wanted to uh, say R.I.P. Chirpy. So, no, it's that's uh, probably the, probably the due spot right there. Get a, start off the podcast with that. Yeah, because we're only going up from here. This is yeah. I got a feeling yeah. this is going to be electric. I mean, yeah. we're we're on the precipice of the Super Bowl. Um, it is. Uh, it's. I'm. I'm hype. I'm hyped for this. Now, this, uh, now we're all Catholic here, so we all know that this isn't the Super Bowl. This is the Super Bowl. Stop by your local parish uh, for <laughs> soup and sandwiches for the Super Bowl. I thought you were going to go superb owl. <laughs> no, no, not superb owl. It is the Super Bowl. Yeah, y'all know what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> I've, I've probably seen four signs. Today. It's it's uh it's as consistent as the lasagna on election night. I don't know why uh, <laughs> lasagna gets made on election night, but that's that seems to be the deal around here. So Those Italians run elections like they're running an apple right now with that new emoji. <laughs> oh my god, I am so excited about that. that I. The respect right there. I immediately thought of you um, <laughs> that now finally you will be able to better convey your thoughts because you'll be able to have those hands there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I really so, should start just recording recording video of me doing these podcasts. I, people would understand me better if they seen the intricate hand movements, arm movements uh, going on here. I mean, you maybe you could hear the swoosh every once in a while. Uh, over the microphone, but it's uh, <laughs> generally my hands going fucking wild. So, yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a chef's kiss, so I'm I'm way off. Uh, I didn't I didn't realize it was an Italian thing. Oh, I that apologize. was the universal. That was the universal symbol. Of give me a pound of your gabagool. I think Brenda just, <laughs> just popped up. He wants me to uh, really hype up uh, some Detroit style pizza. Did you make the sojourn to Fort yeah. Wayne? Did- 
I, I, I did go to Fort Wayne today, but it was very early in the morning uh, for my Kroger's pickup, which, by the way, they took like four coupons that I didn't have stuff for and used them. So that was fantastic. That's just like straight cash. Uh, but uh, but no, there is a somebody call that. A, somebody call that stealing. But let, let's move on. <laughs> I don't know anything about what you're saying, Jude. That's what do I got to do with it? I that's hand what, them paper. That's what fault. we call a Sicilian discount. Yeah, let's let's realize who we're talking to here. Uh, but, but what was funny though was earlier today uh, or this afternoon, I stopped at a gas station and I was uh, over there. I was I. I'm brand new addicted to this uh, zero sugar Mountain Dew. Like I've been a big diet Mountain Dew person for a long time, even though I'm still a fat ass. Uh, I thought maybe this one would crank it up. But I did walk by this little freezer section. It's a deli kind of – it's not just a regular gas station. It's a, there's a bunch of shit in there. But in the freezer section, there was these big boxes, these big pizza boxes in there. And it, as pl- plain as day, like the old school – uh, store brand generic stuff just said Detroit pizza. That was it. Uh, I almost grabbed one uh, to bring home, but uh, didn't, I, I just can't do it. It's just not my cup of tea. I mean, I've had Detroit style pizza. So I was sitting there contemplating, like, should I get this to try? I'm like, what the hell am I doing? I've already had it. If I would have loved it, I would keep eating it. But I will try a new brand. Uh, what'd you say? Je- not Jets, Jets in Fort Wayne. No. What's, what's, Jets what's the one up at Arbor? Oh, the one by us. I mean, they're they're out of Detroit, Livonia, really. But um, uh, Buddy's Pizza. That's that's Buddy's. The, that's the one. That's, but it's any pizza where the deep dish is not a soup, unlike whatever the fuck is there. If we could have got in. Buddy's to send me a pizza, uh, we were close. That would have been nice. I thought home, that you were. I thought that that pizza, ended, uh, yeah. in their own little in their own way. So uh, so you know. They're up on the on the goodwill calendar. All right, so let, let's 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 get past. Uh, there's been people going pretty pissed off. We're not talking about Notre Dame football right now. So let's let's jump into it. Hey, guess what? We lost a recruit. Yeah, that was no fun. Yeah. I, so look. looks like he just. I mean, first of all, the kid's name is Landon Barlson. He was a a cornerback commit, if I recall correctly. Whose name I spelled wrong multiple times. Yeah, it's a tough uh, so one to that, spell. That was embarrassing. Um, well, I spelled his, his first name wrong. I think Landon. I, th- I think the um, the problem here isn't so much that it's Landon Barlson, but that it's a cornerback. Yeah. It's a yep. position of need. Um, a little thin at that position. Uh, we don't currently have uh, a coach, a DB's coach, right? Because Todd Light left, and so I mean, we have Terry Joseph. I guess I should I should take that back. Um, but there should be somebody out there beating the bushes to find maybe another cornerback uh, recruit that we could get, but uh, it doesn't seem to be happening right now. And so that's, no, there's that's, a, that's the problematic part about it. I mean, look um, from, from everything that I've read, Landon Bartleson was either had people snowed or he was honestly a good kid who for whatever reason, the last month took a, a weird uh, wrong turn. So I think this surprised Notre Dame as much as anybody else. I'm not sure that there was something out there that, you know, everyone said, oh, well, I yeah, he's, not a, he's not a Landon 30 year old with a record. Kid. You know, he's he's a kid. And right. with these things, happen, old. yeah, I if there was a bunch of trouble going on beforehand, I honestly think that would have been out already. You know what I mean? And Notre Dame's had had their run ins or had, had some difficulties in the past that they've tried to steer clear from in certain ways. So I, I think. Knowing that, 
if there would have been a red flag, it would have, you know, they would, they, it, this probably wouldn't have been going on anyways, uh, you know, with re- his recruitment. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate. And ju- I mean, just to, to, to the people that are like, kind of like just dismissing this in a way, uh, you know, a, because of his, his recruiting ranking and B because he's the fourth, you know, cornerback in this class. Like, look, we could have used five. I, it is thin at DB safety and corner. This is not a, a uh, and I think they I think maybe it was uh, a priester in O'Malley said it, said it really well. I was like, look, look, you're not going to hit on all four of these guys, but the chance of you hitting on two of them is pretty good. Now you're down to three. So your chances of hitting on two aren't as good and you really need to hit. Uh, so, th- so it's a big deal. It, it, it's a numbers game, especially leading up um, into, uh, you know, into fall camp when, when you're going to need those guys out there. And interesting enough, too, Bartleson was a guy who no one really knew if he was going to be able to early enroll or not. So he he could have been enrolled at Notre Dame already. Um, and some some people in the industry thought he was going to. Some didn't know. Some thought no. Uh, it really wasn't until like the week leading up to that they kind of got a definitive answer from him that uh, or a definitive answer from somewhere that he was not going to early enroll in Notre Dame. So th- this could have all been nothing. And maybe we never would have heard a, a bad story written about Landon Bartleson again. Um, so it, overall, it's just unfortunate, you know, for a, a young guy with so much ahead of him uh, in life, because this is a lot of stuff. Uh, Robert, yeah. you know, break, breaking and entering, guns, uh, Grand nine, Theft Auto. I, th- that is a, yeah, that is a lot of stuff, man. If it's just one of those things, is bad enough, like stealing one gun or breaking into a place or stealing a car. But you combine all this stuff, that is a, that is damning. It reminds me of, of something that happened 20 years ago when uh, when uh, Gwyneth Paltrow was running late for a, for a train and, and she just missed it. And you always kind of wonder what would happen if she had made that train. Uh, wait a second. I'm sorry. That, that's the movie Sliding Doors. Mm-hmm. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, next right. thing you know, she's inventing uh, candles that have a particular scent that I don't think anyone on planet Earth wants to buy. <laughs> or maybe so my, my, da- my dad maybe listens to the show, please. <laughs> I, just, I, I don't know why that bothers me that she named her kid Apple, but that's something that really bothers the crap out of me. Oh, like, that is by far not the worst name. Like, so. like, when, like when people say Notre Damers. Like, what the, oh, what the fuck is a Notre Damer? I, come on. I mean, even Delmers is kind of awkward. I always felt like it's acceptable though. Cause I mean, you'd be like, yeah, I'm a double domer or what, you know, yeah, it, but, have you ever heard somebody say, are you, ever, ever heard somebody say, are you a domer? Like, that's weird. I don't know. That's just weird to me. So, I mean, some people are known, uh, for like a decade as being the subway domer, but I don't know anyone who fits that. There, there is a big V in front of that one, buddy. Big V. Well, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Ohio I mean, State had troubles getting the because I got denied on the uh, on the copyright. <laughs> That's a terrible inside joke, basically with myself. But uh, so, all right. So we're moving on from uh, from Landon Bartleson. It's too bad, and it does. And dude's right. It doesn't look like there's going to be any new additions. They did press for Cameron Martinez, um, which is funny because it was a big deal the last couple of weeks. Uh, about Cameron Martinez and really Notre Dame still really wasn't in his big picture when he, uh, in an interview, he was still talking about Iowa and Northwestern and yeah, Ohio. He, State. Finished, he, he finished finished third. Uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. He told he told Carter Carls from the ND Insider that Northwestern was actually a second pick, and then yeah. he was thinking more about them. So this is uh, much to do about nothing. Uh, and look, we've been people have been talking about the uh, transfer portal for corner uh, since the end of the season. Uh, in fact, when when uh, when old Ben from Fort Wayne uh, decided to go to Notre Dame, people were upset. Like, why aren't we looking at the transfer portal for a corner instead of a wide receiver? I mean, it is, this is a need, um, but you can go up and down that list and, and try to find me a guy that's that's worth coming. I mean, is it going to be a guy that's that's just going to occupy space? Uh, and then that, that's a that's a recruiting number. Is it a guy that only has one year eligibility? Uh, you know, you don't know. And does the staff have any? You know, do they have any connection to the? And that's a big thing too with these transfers. It's usually there's some some type of connection that gets them to go some to go to their next stop. And there, I I can't find one. I mean, I'm sure there is probably a few somewhere, but it's just there. There's nothing solid. I wouldn't I wouldn't think anything of it. And I'm pretty sure Notre Dame's done uh, with this class. I mean, if, if I mean, if we're just looking at the, the depth chart, if Joe Wilkins wants to continue his career at Notre Dame, isn't moving to cornerback maybe his best option with the incoming wide receiver talent this season for the 2020 class as well as the 2021 class? If he can't, if he can't crack the the two deep this year, wouldn't it behoove him to perhaps make a transition to cornerback? Well, I mean, he was he was running second team. Wide receiver last year. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know, his his is the name that's been popped around, and they like him. Um, what about poor I mean, Avery I, Davis? Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I mean, is he I better suited at running back? I don't or? think there's any confidence in Avery Davis over. I think they've seen him already. Now, I have. I actually have Davis projected to move over this spring, but a spring move isn't necessarily a your golden ticket. To, that's where you're going to be at. Um, and maybe that doesn't, maybe they don't want to ask him again. I mean, that's, you're asking a lot for a kid to move back and forth like that. I don't want to say it's a dick move, but it's kind of a dick move. Um, you know, unless you're trying to force him out, you know, I, you know, I guess, uh, and maybe that's just like the straw that broke the camel's back. And he's like, all right, I'm going to transfer somewhere where I have a position, uh, to play. So, and speaking of recruiting, um, pretty much, uh, you know, all the, the final signing day is still next week, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's next week on Wednesday. It, it's amazing how this has all gone down over the last few years. Uh, but now all the recruiting services got all their rankings in. Um, you know, our boy Chris Tyree down quite a bit uh, across the board. But finally, spots. yeah. Uh, but finally, uh, Michael Mayer has been given his fifth star, which has been a no-brainer to a lot of people's eyes uh, for a long time. But uh, these guys were in love with two other tight ends. Uh, one of whom can't catch a ball, uh, but, they, <laughs> but they still had him ranked ahead of mayor for the longest time until just these, just recently. Uh, I mean, he dominated every thing he ever went to. Um, so What's I mean, it, it, well deserved. Why, why, why do people love Michael, my, uh, Michael Mayer so much? Is it, is it because his body is a wonderland or. <laughs> it is. And I got to tell you, one of the best things I saw uh, replies to that on Twitter was he's got a five star jawline because he does. <laughs> he's, he's an amazing I, jawline. I, all kidding aside, he is pretty he's pretty fun to watch. Yeah. And, you know, and not, and not to, uh, you know, he's got there's another tight end coming in with him too, Kevin Bauman. So who had a 
it was a pretty decent tight end in his own right. So Notre Dame obviously is well-stocked at tight end, and uh, that's probably not going to change for, for a long time. The Chris Tyree thing, what, what it was a little surprising, and I don't know, maybe it shouldn't be surprising. I mean, I guess the whole thing with Tyree that I, for me, was I, I always, you know, I brought up a size a lot. Like, is he an every down back? That is bothersome to me. But was the speed so good that that, that garnered him the fifth star? And so I just assumed that's what it was. And eventually it l- looks like the, the size won out according to the recruiting uh, analysts. And he dropped down to, you know, a, to a four star. And, and on rivals, he dropped down um, quite a bit. Like he's not even like they got the, like the 6.0, 5.9. He's like a 5.8 four star. He didn't he play the- most of his senior year. He was injured his senior yeah. year. Uh, he dropped 76 spots in 24-7. And there actually was no singular service that rated him as a five-star, but the composite, which he's still right. a 69 in the composite. Nice. Uh, ranked 69 in the co- – yeah, it is nice. <laughs> uh, which Michael Mayer was 69 in the composite. Nice. nice. But he jumped up. Uh, uh, now he's a 31 and 23. His body is a wonderland. So it is a wonderland. <laughs> it, it cannot be stated. He's not going to stay in one position. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Tyree didn't play most of his senior year. Um, but you know, they, they he didn't get a they, ton of touches. The guy, a good star who didn't play at all his senior year. If they flat out said, yeah, he, he didn't play his whole, I can't, I'm not sure which, I can't remember which player it was. It was something that caught my ear, uh, during like the, when they, when 24 seven did their unveiling of the, of their last rankings or whatever. They said this guy, you know, didn't play because of an injury, but he's a freak. And they gave him a five star. Who did he so, commit to? Uh, I don't it, I mean, I don't want to go full conspiracy theory because it's nonsense, but I don't think it is nonsense, but I would like to point out because it should be pointed out that of the recruits that Notre Dame signed in their 2020 class, only two of them moved up the rest of the class moved down. I, I'm not, I'm, I'm putting it out into the ether because it deserves to be said, but all but two, uh, Jordan Johnson went up two spots and Michael Mayer went up 46 spots. Um, everybody else, Tosh Baker dropped 12, Tyree dropped 76, Xavier Watts dropped, Chris Pine dropped, or er, Chris Pine, <laughs> Drew Pine <laughs> dropped. Uh, yeah, but yeah, everyone else, uh, Riley Mills dropped the, the, uh, Carmody dropped the the whole class almost collectively dropped in Notre Dame. Actually it, it, uh, early signing day, they were 10th, right on early signing day, yeah. the 10th ranked team. They're not 16. The, the, the Bartleson of, uh, omission, uh, hurt as well because, because they're low in numbers. They only got 17 commitments. Yeah. So it's, it's generally a 20 commits, uh, kind of thing. So you have 17 commitments. One of them was a long snapper. One of them was a kid from Germany. Uh, their class ranking overall. Better. Yeah. They're their class record overall, I I don't want to say it's a mirage because uh, you'd like to see it higher, uh, but just going top to bottom through the class, you're it good. still seems like they're okay. Don't Except you feel for, good? I mean, I felt other felt than quarterback, okay. other than secondary. Like, yeah, second, secondary was still an issue, but getting Isaiah Pryor, who has two years of eligibility, love that as a transfer. You know, it was a huge thing, um, and I think we have a question about safety so later on. So we'll, we'll wait to talk about that, but. I, I don't know. It is what it is. I, I don't, I don't Josh. buy in with the, with the conspiracy theories either, but there is reasons why they exist. But you know, a lot of these analysts, if, 
if there's a guy that Nick Saban loves and he's a three star and you see him enough and he looks athletic enough, not saying that he's going to automatically become a five star, but he's going to get a bump in the rankings because these guys are going to lean in on what these coaches are, are, you know, what they're feeling on these guys. You know what I mean? Josh, I want to ask you a question. If I set the over under at 0.5 signings uh, for the next uh, signing day, what, what, what would you take there? The over or the under? Oh, the under. Yeah. I think we're done. I think they're done. So they're going to whiff basically. I mean, yeah, who's out there? Cause they shouldn't be done, but they're, but they are done. Who's I mean, you? they, they have, they have a spot basically with, with Bar- they, I get, they have two spots basically. Right. Cause they, they would have, if they would have got Mark, they could have got Martinez. They would have. Um, and they had Bartleson while they're going after Martinez. So basically there's two spots there available. Um, so I, I technically, yeah, they're, they're going to whiff. I mean, they may not be going after anybody, but that's still a whiff, right? Cause you have two available spots. Right. I mean, what do you add to the, they don't, there's nobody, there's nobody really out there that they're there to add. I mean, what do you, yeah. I mean, the early signing day is great and all, but the, the, the period between early signing day and then, and then the final one, it's generally just kind of like, if you weren't in that battle to begin with, with, with those kids, you're not, you're not in it, or you're going after some pretty lower rate guys just to add numbers. I mean, guys that would, that are probably going to the Mac or the American, you know, there's guys like that that hold on a lot of recruits that go to Mac schools or a lot of the, the uh, group of five schools, their later commitments, because they're still kind of looking at, yeah. they're getting looked at by some of these bigger schools. So they hold off, hold off, hold off until that isn't there. And then that's when they start firing. So really the second signing day, and I'm basing all of this off of stuff. I kind of remember seeing. So, so if you're asking me for, for, Damn, like fact stats right in front of y'all on this. I don't have it in front of me, but it's generally what's, I mean, it, even before the early signing day, this is what happened. A lot of the lower ranked guys held on for a long time. You it's know, a they, Bruce, it's a Bruce Hedgie scenario. Yeah. Even if they were committed somewhere, it was, you know, you know, if they were committed to, to freaking Appalachian state and then Georgia came calling, Georgia's getting them. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, just what happens. So yeah, it's it's sort of like what Michigan State does every cycle, where they just end up adding a bunch of numbers at the end of the class, and probably that's what USC is going to have to do this this class, and they'll get some bump, but they need to add some just like generally bad numbers, or what Kelly did in his first class when he was just like, yeah, Bruce Hedgie, come on and join the join the join the the numbers, and Bruce Hedgie, you know, two star kid, never never saw the field, right? It'll just be interesting to see what's going on in this next cycle. Let's put it that way between. Yeah. The rhetoric coming out of Brian Kelly, the fact that he, it's being highly publicized now that he's out and about on the road more uh, right now, you know, for these guys, uh, the fact that the guys that are committed are pretty highly ranked um, already. Uh, and there's a lot of big names out there that Notre Dame is in on. Uh, the 2021 cycle is going to be interesting. It's going to be that's going to be the one that tells us if Notre Dame's ever really, truly going to be back like in the in the national, like up there being able to be talked about with an Alabama, with a Georgia, um, it, it, what they do this cycle, it may not be a top five class. It may be a six or a seven, but if the guys that they're going after right now that I know of, you know, if they're landing those guys, if they're doing the right, they're doing the right way. A lot of that's going to be help them down the road in the 2022 class. And so that sets you up. 
I mean, none of this is a quick fix. And, and it's not to say Notre Dame's in a bad spot. I mean, let's get real here. You know, Notre Dame's won a lot of football games over the last three years. They're a good, they're a good football team. Uh, you know, so it, it takes a couple of pieces. But you're at that point now where it's harder to get those better pieces. You know, there's. The, it could be an all timer for um, offensive line classes. Um, Will Shipley's in the mix for running back. I mean, there's there's some pieces of, out there. Of, that, all the, yeah, of all the generic stuff that Barton Simmons said on the Shamrock uh, podcast, yeah, uh, that came out today. That Will Shipley the, stuff. The, the thing that the thing that I liked the best that he said was, if there's a ceiling at Notre Dame, bringing in the construction, bringing in the construction crew and raise the ceiling. Yep, I, I, I like that a lot. Like, if you're thinking there's a ceiling there, what you know, with that, go ahead and just wreck that and raise it up some. You're going to have to get the because that's the only thing that you're going to get uh, to that next level where you're able to compete year in year out. Uh, you know, for the college, for the to actually play and win a college football playoff game. If Kelly pulls off a 2021 class of of you know it's number three right now, and there's a lot of offensive linemen and Will Shipley and some skill position players lined up uh, both in the secondary and uh, on the offensive side of the ball. Um, linebacker and out just outside Pittsburgh, there's there's a lot of talent that Notre Dame is in on. This is is he is Brian Kelly a Renaissance man with that the the post sixteen and his ability to sort of um, flex and make offensive and defensive go outside of his comfort zone. Like what, Dude, what when in coaching have you seen this sort of like Renaissance man like? Uh, late stage of his career just changing things it's dude what do you think after watching kelly over the, you know this last decade do you, do you think that's the case i don't i i don't know i don't know i the answer is i the answer is i don't know i i guess do you have an answer on this i i think i mean i guess my answer is that i think brian kelly is certainly capable of that because we've seen him make changes, uh, and you know, maybe not all of them have been the right changes. But I mean, I guess if you're going to get involved and do more and change the way you do things and your way of thinking, if that makes you a Renaissance man, then I say, I'll say, yeah. I I I I, I just want to see more than just words. More. I, I'm more. getting words right now. I'm, I'm not getting actions. You know, that's all. I mean, do- 2021 is going to do a lot for you then. Okay. Right. I mean, is 2021 going to be sort of, is this recruiting class after he said what he said and the stuff that came out, uh, that came out, is this, uh, a shut up or, uh, you know, put up a shut up moment for you as far as recruiting goes? No, I mean, look, if he, if he throws another, you know, top 15 class or whatever, I'll, I'll just say, okay, well, you know, it's, it's, it was fine for him to have ambition. He said things before that, you know, look, they say graduating tra- champions and we haven't done anything champion wise, you know? So, um, we have I, lots I think of rivalry trophies, Jude, watch your mouth. It's true. We own the, all. Lepert- the Leprechaun is well, we do uh, alive the and well. Leprechaun is well, alive and well. <laughs> um, you know, look, I, I want to believe him at, at number five. And then I read, you know, look, um, I don't want to overstate the Carter Carl's article about the fact that, that, you know, two recruits that were seriously considering Notre Dame 
said like, yeah, Brian Kelly was basically absent in my thing. Whereas like Ryan day was all over me, like white on rice. Um, you know, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't think that Brian Kelly, you know, he's entering his 30th year coaching. I believe he said the other day yep. and, um, you know, and, and the age he is, I, I just, I don't think he wants to, te- I don't think he wants to text with 18 year olds all day. And I don't think it's going to change. I, I think that he's going to do some things that are, that make the program more attractive, um, that may get a couple more recruits. But, um, I think I read the other day that seven is like the ceiling for the 2021 class. It's not like the floor. So, um, you know, look, if it's a 10, 11, 12, like I'm not going to complain or anything like that, but I just, I, I, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't see it happening. I don't see top five happening. I mean, so. I think it's important to note too, that seventh ranked recruiting classes can win you a national championship. That is Clem- absolutely Clem- true. Clemson did it. Okay. That be- before they, this is the first year Clemson went on some wild recruiting run. They've got great recruits, but their average was about seventh or eighth for most of da- Sweeney's uh, time there. It's, you want me to? You want me to start at 2014? Let me give you. Let me let me give you Clemson starting at 2014. Do you know? You Clemson tell me how many people they actually signed to, because that yeah. was always the thing with Clemson was they signed so few people. So we'll, we'll go 2014. They were the 16th ranked class, 20 commits. Um, 2015, Clemson was the ninth ranked class, 26 recruits. Wow. Uh, the 2016 class, Clemson was the 11th ranked, 21 recruits. 2017, here's the big one. 16th, 14 commits. Very similar to this one where they signed a couple of five stars. That, that was 2017? 2017. They signed 14 kids. So they're seniors this year. This is a small, well, true class this year. So it's T. Higgins, right, is one of the kids. Hunter Johnson's not even on the roster. So uh, that was their 2017 class. And then in 2018, um, Clemson was number seven, 17 kids. Uh, they signed five, five stars. 2019, Clemson was the 10th ranked class. They signed 29 kids and only one five star. And then yeah, this year, how, and then this year is the first time that they've cracked the top five. The first time Clemson has ever cracked the top five this year. How how many times has Notre Dame failed to sign under 20 kids in the Brian Kelly area? Oh boy, uh, uh, three times. Should, yeah, I I I know. So 2012 was a small class. Um, this class will be will be the second one. Most of the average right around 21, 22 kids a class. Right. So 17 is a really small class. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But Something I mean, at a 14 That's number numbers wise, Notre Dame is in a good place though. Yeah. It, it's why in a lot, in a way, this class is both. Uh, extraordinary and disappointing. Uh, it was good. I mean, and I know that doesn't make any sense, but it was going to be a small class because of numbers. So it, for them to be ranked around the top 15 class, that's still pretty good because of their small numbers. But you, <clears throat> excuse me, but you would have hoped because you're, because you're the number of fish that you have to get is smaller that you could have got some bigger fish. You could have spent, you could have done more to get bigger fish with a smaller class. You, you yeah. know what I mean? So that's why I'm saying it, it, it's still a good, it, with the numbers they have, it's, it's a good class, but you would have liked to have seen uh, a few more higher profile players, I'm particular, just, particularly at defensive back. 
I'm just uh, a seller on Brian Kelly getting a, a landing a, a top five class. I just I don't I don't believe it. I don't. I mean, he's happen. done it before, but yeah. I mean, it, it, it has happened before, so it, it's not something that hasn't happened. But the landscape but, certainly has changed. Yeah, but I, I mean, mean, it's it, happened. It'll, it'll be cha- it'll change again in another. It, it's sure it's will. so it, it's so fast moving. I mean, recruiting is ridiculous. I mean, just think of one like when Mississippi was a you know Old Miss was a recruiting power. Well, I mean, they like got an a act- actual recruiting power. Yeah, I mean, but I mean that's but that's what you're going up against. Whether you like it or not, that's the landscape that you're going up against. Yeah. So. The Notre Dame to compete in that and not fall in that category. Who knows if they if there are or not? In some cases, I'm not going to say that they don't or do, but generally that's not going to happen. So you're going up against um, you, you're going up against the grain as it is. Yeah, I mean, I'm very interested to see how this particular class ends up uh, panning out. I think that. The last couple of years, Kyle Hamilton notwithstanding, I think that they really do need to um, accelerate the the defensive recruiting. I think that that's been a little bit lax in recent years. And, I mean, you can see just how, how bad uh, defensive back recruiting has been outside of Kyle Hamilton and the acquisition of prior. Oh. Uh, through the the transfer portal, but yeah, I I'm I'm very interested to see how the 2021 class ends up playing out, and I think that the is it a is it a bookend? Is it is it the is it the defining thing about Brian Kelly' ability to recruit this particular class? But I think that um, maybe, but he's definitely put all his chips into the center of the table, uh, banking on this particular class being the one. So we'll we'll see. Uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully it uh, pays off. I, at least I know that um, they're going to sign a fantastic offensive line class. I'm just very interested to see if they can which get ones? Uh, <laughs> which ones. But right. I mean, they really can't go wrong with the ones that they're going to sign right. um, because they're they're going to have their pick of the litter this particular cycle for offensive linemen. Um, I mean, Rocco Spindler probably is going to sign, and yeah, there's going to be some pieces that they're going to get. Um, but I'm interested to see what they get, uh, the recruits eight through 14 in this particular class are the ones that I'm most interested in seeing what they end up getting. So we'll see. All right. Well, we will, there will definitely talk more about, uh, Notre Dame's 2021 class in the future here. Um, like I said, we still got, uh, one final week or half a week to wrap up the 2020 cycle and we'll get into that. So. We are actually going to take a quick commercial break to uh, to pay some bills around here. And when we come back, uh, we're going to get into some stuff about, um, I guess there's a big game this weekend somewhere uh, with a pigskin. So we might talk a little bit about that. So uh, stay with us. All right. And like I said, uh, Jude, is there is there something going on on Sunday? This one's for all the marbles. <laughs> is that is that your is that your super? Yes, my my uh, my annual prop bets is still alive and well. Uh, we're getting people to uh, bet on the most ridiculous things uh, for this this thing called the Super Bowl uh, that we all watch. We all sit around and watch. So I actually really love the Super Bowl. Um, it's usually two teams I don't care about, um, but I always root for you know just a kind of a fun game and. And uh, and then also a chance to opportunity to to make fun of the halftime performances because they're usually kind of like, what the hell did I just watch? So, so basically, we're all we're all wanting San Francisco to win, right? 
Yeah, that feels weird as a New York Giants fan growing yeah, up. In it the feels 90s. weird as a, hey, I'm a Packers fan, so yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm still I'm still uh, clean, cleaning up the uh, the mess uh, that that was made in the in the Bay Area like, <laughs> two weeks ago. So uh, I uh, I'm a strange. big I'm a big Mike McGlinchey supporter. I love Mike McGlinchey. I That's think Sheldon great. Day was pretty fun too. Uh, His mom, you know, especially one of the, yeah, what, and, and what uh, the, the whole. The whole uh, Terry Terry Gillery thing that happened on Showtime in the 2015 season. Um, yeah, obviously they both play for the for the 49ers. Yeah, Pat Sullivan owes a lot to Sheldon Day, a lot of good times with the uh, Terry Gillery. Yeah, that was that was super fun. Um, so what's, what's the line? It's like it's like, a, it's like one and a half, right? Kansas City favored. I I have no idea to be honest with you. I haven't looked at that. So well, I'm the general. Yeah, I think I think it's like one and a half right now. I don't know what the over under is, but whatever the over, whatever the just, over is, I mean, it's just a, it's a point at this point. Chiefs favored by a point, which is essentially a, a pick'em. Okay, yeah. is the over under fifty six? I think I heard fifty six. Fifty two point five. Oh, okay. oh God, take the over. Way off. Yeah, take the over. Well, I mean, the, the the long layoff and stuff. Well, you say I, you take the over, and then we had thirteen three last year between the Patriots and the Rams, the two most potent offenses, right? Mm. Yeah, you got a point there. Maybe that's maybe that has something to do with why that why it's at fifty two and that around I mean, six. Uh, I don't know. Other than the Notre Dame connection with McGlinchey and Sheldon Day, are you aware of how the Notre of uh, how the Super Bowl got its name? Well, I mean, what about York? I I know how the Super Bowl got its name. Would you like to hear the story? I, I can tell you the story. So the it's, story uh, involves Lamar Hunt's daughter, right? Um, no, it, it actually has to go with Hank Stram, who is the head football coach of the, um, Chiefs. the chiefs and super bowl one. And as you know, uh, Purdue is the lesser university and football program in the state of Indiana. And every time they play Notre Dame, it's like Purdue never goes to bowls cause they're awful. They're a God awful program that should probably stop playing, but they still do. And <laughs> Purdue Pete, you know, he wears his sweatpants and he, he trots around there and they bang that drum. But like, uh, so every time Purdue would play Notre Dame, they would be like, "This is the only bowl we get. This is this is this is better than a real bowl. This is like a Super Bowl." Um, so then when he came and became the Chiefs head coach, and he played against Vince Lombardi in that, he he sort of he he coached at Notre Dame at some point, and he was able to taste uh, what a real fro- football program's like. But uh, yeah, he was like, perhaps we can carry over the same moniker as teams that play Notre Dame. They they play their best game. It's their Super Bowl because uh, because the teams like Boston College and Pitt they don't have much to aspire for in in the real world as far as stakes or anything like that. They'll never make college football playoffs or or garner any sort of accomplishments outside of like a third or fourth place finish in their divisions. But but Hank Stram he said uh, this this is this this is like playing Notre Dame. Let's call it the Super Bowl, right? Is that isn't that isn't that what you heard? This is hot fire. Is that is that what you heard, Jude? You is, know, my my only concern is that people are going to start repeating this at at parties on Sunday as as actual truth, and somebody's going to get embarrassed when they look it up and Brent, they just realize Brendan's so full of shitty squeaks. Wait, wait, this isn't the truth. No, this is, this is definitely not mean, the truth. You mean to tell you mean to tell me that that's a wrong answer? Did I? Are you saying that I'm making? I mean, if up? we were doing wrong answers only, then that was a fire wrong answer. That was a that, great. I mean, I am smelling something burning over here. <laughs> so uh, I, I think you do bring up an interesting topic though. And so let's dive into this a little bit. Um, there are certain teams 
that you hear every single year. Oh, this is their Super Bowl playing Notre Dame. This is their Super Bowl. They're going to come prepared to play this game because this is their Super Bowl. They've got, you know, whether it's a team that, you know, has had a, a disappointing season, um, you know, and that they're looking for that one last, you know, and especially if Notre Dame's having a good season. Oh, wreck it. You know, the, if they could wreck it, um, you know, this would be like this would be like their Super Bowl or whatever. So um, let's pose the question. Can you think of a team in recent history where it was pretty definitively let's use Brian. Let's use Brian Kelly era. Oh, okay. Well, you're just, okay. Mine's not in the Brian Kelly era, but that's oh, fine. Yours is it? No, but I, but I probably could make it towards the Brian Kelly era. So well, I, mean, no, I think what? you can absolutely still no, well, play we'll we'll into the Brian Kelly we'll era. Whatever you want. Free for all. Free for all. Okay. We could use Iowa pre-flight. I, <laughs> Yes, it's the Haskell Indians of nineteen. Never mind. I know uh, it absolutely was. <laughs> um, actually, the one I was going to come up with the uh, two thousand two Boston College team, uh, four and three. Uh, I don't know that they were really expected to do much uh, that year. Uh, I don't really recall. Um, they did end up nine and four, so I suppose that's something. Uh, but they entered the game four and three against uh, no- number four. Uh, uh, perfect. Ranking, uh, I think eight no, right? Just I, coming I, home from Tallahassee, putting it down on the putting the tomahawk chop. I will it's, it's the reason Started why people year. hate green jerseys. It's this is exactly why, why people hate seats. green jerseys. This and is it was exactly. a night. I I don't like the fact that people didn't like. I loved that green color. It was beautiful. loved it. It was electric. Yeah, that was, it was very the under the lights. Michigan jerseys being the best jerseys Notre Dame's ever worn since those uh, Boston College green jerseys. And yeah, both I'll of buy them. I really like the 2000. They got stomped in them, but I really like the 2007. Uh, oh, throwback! Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll throwbacks. take all that back. Yeah, you throwbacks. Yep, yeah, absolutely you fire. Anyways, <laughs> I would say if I could think of a just a quick reference, that was their Super Bowl. That was, the, I mean, Boston College is the team that comes to mind when I when I hear, oh, this is their Super Bowl. It doesn't matter if they beat anybody else on their schedule. Like they got to beat Notre Dame or whatever. Like this, that that made their season. Uh, as you far remember? As yeah, I mean, obviously, you remember Fenway Park 2015, right? Sure. It's just that that uh, that awful. Sl- well, it's like 17 turnovers. Notre Dame dropped to the rankings after that. They sure did. They went from four to five. Yeah, they, they, it's awful. They, that game. That game basically meant the Stanford game meant nothing really it, uh, after that performance at Fenway. Uh, <laughs> I mean, a lot of people still believe. I mean, and they could have. I mean, you could have changed the committee's mind. But after that Fenway game, uh, a lot of people thought even if Notre Dame beat Stanford, they were not uh, going to make the college football playoff uh, because because of how they had how they had played you know prior. Yeah. It was kind of one of those tirades. I think Oklahoma was the team we're up against. Which when the fuck are we going to put Oklahoma out to pasture uh, as a team that should be in the playoffs? Anyways, uh, come on, you might as well give. I mean, you might as well give fucking Iowa State a chance. I mean, I know Brett McMurphy wants to. <laughs> Let's just finish two or three in the polls next year, and then we'll get to inevitably yeah. play them. But Boston College won what six straight games? Basically, they other as far as how Jude counts the uh, the millennium and decades, uh, they won the first eight years of the of the decade of the odds, right? First of all, I count them. I count centuries <laughs> the way that everybody else counts centuries, which is starting with the O one year. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how anyone else does it. Why they do it differently? But what? that's that's true. You start the century with the zero. It's the yeah. only way to make sense. That's what makes sense to me. 
My favorite year of the 1980s is 1990. <laughs> I, said, I said century. I said century, not decade. So okay, that's, it's different. So anyway, Josh, what's your? I mean, I think you you have more of a singular moment, right? That's your your sort of jam when you look at this particular Super Bowl. Yeah, I got a listen. I got kind of a little bit of a list. I'm going to list some of these games off, um, and, and because they they all fit that Super Bowl kind of uh, mentality that was that was going in. So like 2010 Tulsa, that that was a big one. That's a that's a that's a group of five team coming into your backyard. They're hype. You're not. Bad news happened. Um, 2011 South Florida. Although yeah. that was I mean. Skip Holtz. Really, that was Skip Holtz's Super yeah. Bowl, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it's part of the, There's certain ingredients that go into these things too. There's a backstory. There's a there's a kid from another. There's a kid playing for another team that grew up just bleeding blue and gold, bleeding it. Well, that's and, Zach. Uh, that's Boston of him. College. Yeah, that would be Boston College. And a Brady Quinn jersey. Uh, Zach Frazier, right? Yeah, Zach Frazier comes to uh, mind. Yeah, Zach Frazier, UConn in uh, 2009 for sure. Um, but uh, so that yeah, that South Florida game. Uh, here's the interesting because both these teams, uh, I, I th- I'm pretty sure you brought up Pitt. Although Pitt, Pitt is a different monster because the Pitt superpower is real. So it's not just Notre Dame that they gear up their superpower. Yeah, both. you're right. They, they do it for some others, but th- it's but they maybe their power is that they can do it multiple times or against anyone at any time. Um, but Unless 2011, your roster. So that same crap season of South Florida. Uh, both Pitt and BC games were that way. Notre Dame won both of those games, but the scores were 15 to 12 and 16 to 14. Uh, 2011 was not a good season. <laughs> so, no. um, I guess anytime you play BYU, uh, it, it's kind of that way. They, they, they make it more because of maybe because of the whole religion thing. I don't know, but so like 2013 BYU game is a 23, 13 game. Uh, maybe in 2014, you can look at Northwestern and Louisville uh, yeah. with those things hanging out. Uh, a big one though, that sticks out one is temple in 2015 college game day was there. It was in Philadelphia, was in Philadelphia temples ranked there. I mean, they, Halloween night. they yep. yep. They truly believe that they were going to beat uh, Notre Dame. And then Deshaun Kaiser, uh, uh, gave them the bird. And it, I mean, it, it was a 24, 20 game. I mean, it was so. It was. Kavari Russell made a pick right at the end of that game that yeah. really sealed that. Uh, he had two that season that were one against USC to to seal a deal too. Um, and then, I guess the, my last two here, 2017 NC State. I know that that wouldn't be on the, most people's minds, but you have to understand how big that game was at the time. NC State was hyped up. Most people thought they were going to come up to South Bend and beat Notre Dame in 2017. Notre Dame absolutely fucking destroyed them. But going into that game, it was NC State was hyped. This was the big out-of-conference opponent that was going to set them up for the next for their run for the rest of the season. A lot of people had a lot of faith in what they were going to do. They had some great players uh, you know, on that team. So that kind of, but also 2018 Ball State, uh, which was, you know, you're a little little in-state uh, school down there coming up and gave Notre Dame all they could handle uh, a scary situation really forced the hand. Well, not really because next week was Vanderbilt, um, but 
started the wheels turning of moving uh, Ian Book into the starting position of quarterback. So just that's just from the Brian Kelly era. This shit's been going on for decades and decades and decades. Um, there's just a lot of schools where Notre Dame gets their best shot. And to Brendan's whole point, an announcer will say, this is this team's Super Bowl. It, it happens every single year. Um, and these are some of the, the better examples I could come up with. I have uh, the best example. The Brian I mean, it's the low key. It's the low key that nobody thinks about. But as soon as I drop this, uh, this is going to be one that you're going to be like, holy shit, you're right. It's fucking Michigan. Michigan plays their best game of their entire season, this entire century. Their yeah, best game of the winner. entire season is, is against Notre Dame. Uh, Brady Hoke, right? How does Brady Hoke end up winning games in, in 2011? Notre Dame was the better team in 2011. Notre Dame was the better team in 2010. Notre Dame was the better team in 2009. Somehow Rich Rod ended up with a, a winning record. Well, there was an official that, was, that I'll blame on that. <laughs> yeah, but, but I mean, even look at last year's game, right? The, the 45-14 game where Michigan ends up winning. I mean, Michigan had no purpose being in the game in 2018. Um, I, I could not disagree more about this. I, I just there's no Michigan, way with Ohio State on the schedule that Michigan yeah, just, considers Notre Dame to be their Super Michigan Bowl game. has received three September Heisman trophies from the University of Notre Dame with Tater Tot Forcier winning one in 2009 and then in 2010 and 2011. Um, Denard Robinson. Robinson. And then guess who won the September Heisman in 2013? Oh, it was uh, none other than number 98. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm with Jude on this. I'll, I'll just, I'll agree to disagree on this. How, with the caveat of, I understand the branch that you took this off on. And I get that. I thought he was um, going to say 2012 USC. I mean, that I could actually, I could buy into because they had nothing to play for except to well, beat their rival. It, which was the same in 2018. Right. Yep. You know, both, both, and they were both home games, uh, and it's part of that rivalry's history is to wreck the other's season. Um, so you know, I mean, th- those are those are valid for sure. Devin Gardner scored five touchdowns against Notre Dame in two thousand. I guess I just when I, 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 when I think forgotten. of my watch, yeah, and, but and I think I of Notre Dame Super Robinson Bowl still running for for yardage in two thousand and ten. Yeah, but when you think of like. The the Notre Dame game is the Super Bowl. You know, I'm not really thinking of of Fantastic. blue blood programs like Michigan and and USC. I'm thinking of group of five programs. Hell, even Navy. I'm surprised none of us have ever brought That's up true Navy. You know, is. Navy. I mean, we're their Super Bowl they, every year. Right? Army exists. I, I'm sorry, you, you cannot. You know, no, you got you got a point. That's that's actually an excellent point, Jude. Look at me. Look at me telling you he's got a great point. Look <laughs> Josh, you're right. Look at, look at him correct me and telling him, he's like, yeah, you know what? I'm wrong. You're right. Fuck you guys. I can do this shit. I can do this all night. <laughs> I mean, so, I I mean there, has to be some guy, there has to be some guidelines in with these. Yeah, these to put a bow on it, when I think of Super Bowl games, I think of if you lost every other game on your schedule but won this game, your that's fan fair. base would be b- beside themselves happy. That's fair. And that's Ohio State for Michigan. That's Army for Navy. Um, that's um, elastic sweatbands for Purdue. Um, that's, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. That's so, fair. So just, so, to, so just to cap off of how right I am about <laughs> 2010 Tulsa 
2015 Temple. Uh, I think those are like really prime examples. The 2002 BC game, I think. I mean, boy, Holy Cross is uh, isn't quite their uh, their cup of tea anymore. <laughs> their their big rival, uh, but uh, I mean, there, it happens every year. That's that's the funny thing, right? Like this is an every year. I mean, look at next year's schedule. There's there's an easy couple of ones right there. Um, you know, you could take. So it's just, it just I don't you don't hear that. In, other games brought. I don't know why. I mean, it's not like Notre Dame has won a national title in the last 30 years. You know, I don't hear it said when teams are playing, when teams are playing Alabama or Ohio state, maybe it's because there's a hope, you know, maybe it's because of how, how some of these games have ended for Notre Dame where there's actually a hope. Uh, but um, I don't know. You just, you hear it in our broadcasts and not in others. It's just one of those. Things. So I'm going to buy Brendan's first story. Guys, I, yeah. Sorry, Jude. I, you're wrong. It's, 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 he was totally right. Okay. Awesome. That's <laughs> how the Super Bowl started. I hope everybody that listens to this goes to the Super Bowl party and repeats that. I, I think mean, that, that story is much better than the the Lamar Hunt's daughter story. So I'm 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 down for it. So Lamar Hunt's not even <laughs> a real person. <laughs> Lamar Hunt's not even a real person. But I'll tell you what, this story is real. <laughs> or, or he's a reptilian Autobot. Uh, set to you know help take over the world. Like, yeah, we could we could this anyway. Yeah, see, I mean, see how, how that you bring I'll in aliens. You, I'll tell you what just happened is that aliens uh, didn't start the Super Bowl, but um, disgruntled Purdue alumnus Hank Stram, who coached in the first Super Bowl uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, he certainly was in the game, and uh, he went to Purdue because he's from Gary, Indiana, <laughs> uh, the armpit of America. And uh, yeah, he went. He went with uh, with uh, sweatpants wearing Purdue Pete, and um, yeah, the rest is history. All right, <laughs> thank you so much for that entertainment. That's uh, that's. I mean, that's that's just a lot of good information right there. That was helpful. All right, so moving on, without a commercial break, I, th- I think we're going to get right on into, I, we don't do this often, mainly because we don't get a whole lot of responses uh, for whatever reason. A lot of you listen out there, and I put it out there, we go, hey, you got some questions? We'll fucking answer anything. Uh, we don't really care what it is. I think everyone pretty much stuck mostly with football questions today. Uh, so we're going to get to some of those and uh, see what we can do. So, Jude, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you this que- these questions here. Okay. Well, love the podcast, uh, Brendan. You need to put, you need to up your pun game, my friend. A couple of questions. One: If Brian Kelly wasn't around, what current head coach would you want to be at the helm of Notre Dame football? Oh God. Okay. So I write an article every single year. I haven't Matt put Campbell. it out. Moving on. <laughs> All right, That's Pete Samson. Slow your roll, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead Jude. okay so i read an article every single year uh called brian kelly will be back to coach in enter name of year here but what if he wasn't and it's a it's a thought experiment you know like we all realize brian kelly's coming back next year unless he has some major like health scare god forbid you know i'm not wishing that obviously um it, it doesn't look oh, like nfl's terrible. really coming calling anymore so i i actually like run down all 130 fbs coaches and say like who would I call? Right. And so there's some obvious people, but like 
the problem is with the obvious people is like they're not going to return a phone call and I'm not really sure they're really a program fit. Like, would you want Nick Saban to coach your football team? Like, of course you'd want Nick Saban to coach your football team, but is he a good fit at Notre Dame? Like, ah, no. that's debatable, right? And so I'm always interested in the percentage that Urban Meyer gets every single year. And I'll be curious when I do the poll this year, uh, how Urban does. Um, but I don't look at guys like Dabo Sweeney because I just think Dabo Sweeney's going for one job and one job only after Clemson, and that's to to replace Nick Saban at Alabama. And, and I still and, I don't think and, that happens. And cement his he legacy. Doesn't new, he doesn't have New Spring Church there to back him up. Mm, it's true. He doesn't, and they don't have a slide built into their uh, practice facility. I mean, he could get one of those, but they could. Oh, they they <laughs> certainly could. So, Brendan, what? Uh, go to, let's move on to the second question of this uh, from the from uh, Triple S Fen uh, Ten here. I, I I don't get to answer the question. Oh, I thought you did, but uh, <laughs> apparently not. This is a great lead up. <laughs> I'm sorry. There was like, there's too much of a preamble there. My answer is Pat Fitzgerald. No, it's not it's George O'Leary. It's uh, George O'Leary. By God, it's George. Um, I'm actually like. I'm tempted to say a lot of guys, and I was big on the Dino Babers uh, for a while too, and that's Coward. that's really, that's really um, kind of gone off the. I'm, so I'm going to go Howard's field goal. I'm going to go uh, Chris Kleiman from Kansas State. Ooh, I like it. The North Dakota State I, connection. I just and- really like what he did with North Dakota. Uh, North Dakota State. I really, uh, I think what he did in this first year at Kansas State was great. I think he's the right kind of guy. I, I think it's uh you know you got a Midwest or yeah Midwest I would say yeah. thing going yeah. on here yeah yeah one yeah. North a thing going on um and uh, I just lands. you know I'm gonna keep I'm he's a guy that I keep I'm gonna keep my eye on real close for the next couple of years I'm I'm rooting for him uh, in a way that I was rooting for Dino Babers before he kind of self imploded so that's that's a heady pick that's like. That's a heady pick because like sort of like Scott Satterfield, Scott Satterfield at Louisville, right, as well. Sort of the the lower tier of uh, Neil Brown at uh, before with West Virginia. Extremely successful at a lower tier, kind of like a Brian Kelly at uh, Grand Valley State. I like that. I like that a lot. Okay, so, Brendan, what you've already we've already brought up some terrible losses. You might as well tell us what Notre Dame loss uh, still haunts you to this day. Well, I mean, I mean they, they're was, all they're all kind of haunting, but which one is really, uh, really gets up your ass? Ninety three, and I think we're as we continue to read on in this particular thing, but uh, two thousand and eleven U of M. Um, yeah, God, yes, that's, that's the only right answer. I I had problems. I love Tommy Reese, and I was a, a an inaugural member of the Reese's community. But I had serious issues with Tommy Reese for a few weeks after that particular football game. <laughs> responsible, sorry, Tommy, for his, that loss. His name was Thomas after that game. Yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, I don't know his middle name, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's one of those. Kevin. The Thomas, Kevin Thomas Kevin. Thomas so he's Kevin. Kevin from Chicago. Did somebody yeah. fucking leave him at home? Uh, during uh, the, over the holidays, he might have for that particular. The inexplicable game. fumble out of his hands when they're in the red zone. Oh lost my god! I just lost so much hurt. There, he had hmm, multiple red zone touchdowns. I think two, and then a bad. Uh, I don't. I don't want to talk about it. The other one. I mean, ninety three. Ninety three is big. Yeah. Um, for me because it's a national title that should have existed, and it was the first. Uh, it set my entire fandom. Um, that 05 Bush Bush game was rough. It that was, was God, that was rough. It was yes. the first I mean, football yeah. game that I watched with. And I'll tell loss. you, I'll tell you what's so what's so huge about that game too is 
Notre Dame still had a loss going into that. You know, they lost in overtime to Michigan State. But but if Notre Dame beats I as as soundly as they were beaten in their bowl game that year, and now now it wasn't the it wasn't the beat down everyone made it out to be. We've we've already had that discussion. But if Notre Dame beats USC, then they are the ones that get a hand Texas in the national championship trophy uh, that year. I, I I just feel that that there was that was as hyped of a game as as we've seen since that '93 game. You know, I mean, I, I I can't think of a game since that has been as hyped since, right? No, absolutely not. I mean, there'll be certainly some discussions. Notre Dame would have finished out their season with just that one loss to Michigan State. I think the BCS computers, because I mean, USC would have been the big. They would have still been up there in the rankings, right? Yeah. Been like, so, I, 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 someone did the math on this a few years, uh, many years ago, and I, I'm pretty sure that's what what they kind of all figured out was that Notre Dame would have beat USC, would have been them playing Texas uh, for the national championship. Texas still probably wins that game because uh, Vince Young was amazing. Oh, Vince uh, Young would run for six yeah. billion yards. On no, I mean, maybe. I mean, you tell that to Tommy Z. Well, he's so Tommy then. But uh, Anything could happen, right? But yeah. But the point is, is that th- that was a huge moment. I mean, the 93, 2005, those are national championship implication games 2011 michigan not so much we've already talked about the 2011 season right yeah south florida Pitt, bc oh, just god awful uh, it was just a bad year but uh but still though but I mean, south florida, florida, florida state made, and florida state. south florida is what made michigan so uh, uh, double double bad double I think. Down, yeah 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 the 2014 florida state game was well, how about this? Twenty fourteen. We, we absolutely need to do a podcast about twenty fourteen Northwestern. Anybody? Oh. Anybody feel me oh, on that one? That was, no, that was on my that, that was in the so full on collapse. Yeah, we absolutely need to do a podcast about yeah, that. Was a, a forty, like a forty three, forty one, or whatever it was, uh, overtime game. And yeah, yeah. Cam McDaniel fumbles when they're trying to salt the game away. Oh, yeah. oh God, yeah. Yeah, it was a. Uh, <laughs> Basically a mash unit at that point of the Notre Dame roster. Rough. Yeah, rough. I mean, you point back to last year, just the Ooh. Michigan game. That that's that's so bad that, that Notre Dame fans use Catholic guilt against themselves the rest of the season. Some they flesh. let other people they let other people fucking spit at us uh, and said, We deserve this. We deserve this. Still see that to this day. We on deserve Twitter. this. It's which is a bunch of horse shit. Uh, but it was that bad of a loss that that made people think that they should abuse themselves. Um, maybe they're wearing a, uh, maybe they're an Opus Day. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I thought. The, I think we've I, answered this question pretty yeah. thoroughly now. So moving on to this, moving on to the question number two. Uh, it's a layup. <laughs> Which quarterback has a more punchable face, Kevin Hogan or Matt Liner? I mean, Matt is this Liner, even a question? This Matt isn't even a question. Matt Liner. And liner, of course. I mean, Kevin Hogan has a punchable face, but I mean, <laughs> Matt Liner is the biggest douchebag in all of professional. And I just love that sport. Brady Quinn gives it to him like pretty much every Saturday. That's my favorite part. I know. I just he, love he, the fact back that to five game though he just he holds it over. His, poor. I mean, Quinn has to. That takes some man strength to have to Matt deal with that Leiner kind of loss. Derailed his professional career doing keg stands. That's <laughs> I just. What a piece of shit. <laughs> he won a Heisman <laughs> Trophy. He goes to the NFL and he's doing keg stands 
like blows out his shoulder. She's oh, that guy's the worst. Yeah, no, it's Matt Liner. With all right, moving on. You guys are awesome. I find myself laughing like crazy, especially when you guys argue uh, like I do with my golf buddies. <laughs> Glad we're we're Perfect. quality entertainment. Two questions because everyone's got everyone's got two. It's so fun. Like ask a question. We got two. We got two. Um, number one is Lee. And this is from, uh, the, the last one was from MBJ three, one zero three, one five. Uh, this one is from Foster three, the kind of like a, okay. Foster three. I like that. Number one is Lee making the call on secondary coach or is Kelly. So who are the, who there's, there's some names leaking out there. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's going to be Christian Parker. It's pretty much the name that everyone's bringing up, but here's the thing about Christian Parker. He was a, uh, a guy that, not sure. Was he a grad assistant in Notre Dame at one point um, under Mike Elko? I think he was an analyst. He's an yeah. an, he's an off-field analyst. That's what it is. So there is a there is a Lee connection there with – I think there was a lot of trust between Elko and Lee and, and the people that work around them and with them. Um, I think I think it is definitely Kelly's call, but I think there is input put in to, towards him. So it's a well, – as, how- as Brian Kelly would say about uh, – the offensive coordinator job going into the bowl game. It's a collaborative effort. Well, uh, there was a, there was a, there was a mention in Pete Sampson's mailbag today that basically said, um, it, it basic, if Reese sees this as a fit, then it's a fit. Pretty simple. It made it sound like Tommy Reese got his, gets his pick at who's the tight ends coach. So by that logic, wouldn't Clark Lee get, Basically, if Clark Lee said this is my guy, then then Brian Kelly basically just puts a stamp on it. Yeah, I think. I mean, I guess that's more or less what I'm saying. Okay, uh, I didn't say it clear enough. Or it's 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 kind of like Lee bringing it to Kelly, uh, and Kelly signing off on it. it right. It's kind of the way I, I I see that. I don't think this is someone that that Brian Kelly targeted himself. Um, I, and I I don't know that for a fact. I'm just I, that just kind of has that feel. Fair enough. Okay. Okay. And then the second question, uh, the O-line has a lot of horsepower coming back, but they have to find some discipline as a starting point. Are all the false starts on them or are there issues with call cadence, et cetera? I have the answer to this. I have the answer. Okay. How many road games is Notre Dame playing next year? How many true road games is Notre Dame playing next year? Uh, Actual on the road. Zero. They play playing, at, at USC. Yeah, and Heinz Field is in no way, but, shape, but, or but, form I mean, is, a road game. As much as I talk shit about the NFL thing, it is still Pitt's home field. Uh, it's not like we're yeah, playing. Yeah, but if, if yeah. four Pitt fans show up, then what's the – Yeah, yeah really there's like road game? You definitely got a point. fans you know, that, that are showing up there. That's a point. But technically, when you say how many true road games they have, they have two true road games in Pitt and in Fair enough. Yeah, but I mean, so if you look back at the 2019 season, and a lot of a lot of the consternation and concerns with the false starts boils down to what happened in Georgia, right? Yeah, that's the clap. The clap the, it was the clap. I don't. I don't think Leon Eichenberg is jumping off sides with the 17 pit fans at Heinz Field on a, a, a sleepy October afternoon. Well, right. yeah, I just, was also just like it was in out. 1941 for sailors. It was the clap. <laughs> right. I, I don't, I don't think that, <laughs> that, that, that there's going to be um, a huge uh, Georgia tech's obviously going to uh, be the majority of fans at Mercedes Benz. Stadium. Oh, no, are you sure about that? 
<laughs> well, I'm not exactly I mean, sure. It, it's their uh, home game. There's a ticket allotment thing and all that. A lot of fans I mean, are going to be I mean, yes, you're that's only right. open on a Saturday. Uh, but but yeah, I, I don't think that there's Lambeau Field could be a thing. But yeah, it, it's it's an instance where there's not going to be a lot of environments. Notre Dame plays two true road games next season. Are you open? Hold on a second. Lambeau Field, that game, everyone has to remember, they keep, everyone, there's a lot of people out there talking about Wisconsin fans being there. And yes, there will be quite a few, but you have to remember, this is a Notre Dame home game in Lambeau. They hold the ticket allotment. They were going to get the majority of tickets. Now what Notre Dame fans do with those tickets after that is a different story, but just like Wisconsin will hold the greater ticket allotment Soldier Soldier Field. Field, unless and we don't know because I don't think we've seen any agreements unless there is an, a bowl like agreement for both games for both schools, which I doubt. Yeah. You know, but savvy Jack would never allow that. But what were you saying, Jude? I mean, uh, do you have, some I think problem? you're overlooking the fact that, that Liam Eikenberg and company had a ton of penalties during the boss, the home game against Boston College, they weren't just they weren't just mucking it up against yeah, this uh, was a Georgia on the road. This there. was a, this is a whole season problem. So back to the uh, the posters question about you know the finding the discipline is the are the false starts on them? I mean, yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, they are on them. Um, were there were there issues with the call canes? I don't know. It's it's a pretty simple call canes. It seems like you know. So I'm not sure what the what the problem was, but they were not acting as a cohesive unit. And that's that's clearly a concern. And I think a lot of the reasons that there's there's fan base uh, angst, angst, thank you very much against Jeff Quinn is about all of these. I mean, these calls were above and beyond anything we ever saw in in the he stand years. And and we need to bring that up. So here's the here's the final two points really about that. Number one. Mike McGlinchley, starting at right tackle for the San Francisco 49ers in the Super Bowl, was also known as Mike McFlinchy at Notre Dame yeah, sure for was. a season. The George Harry, Heast- Harry Heastan was his coach. Yep. That shit changed. That shit stopped. The difference is, is that Jeff Quinn is not a technician-style coach. It has been said by quite a few people that there is a vast difference in the way coaching styles between – Jeff Quinn and Harry Heastan. Heastan was all technique. Quinn is just not as much. It's other things, whatever the fuck it is. Uh, a, lot, a lot of scheming stuff. Recruiting. So, yeah, recruiting and scheme, so, which isn't a bad recipe. I mean, a lot, a lot of other good, really good offensive line coaches do that. But the difference here is, is that Heastan was able to get McGlinchey into a better position to not fucking be so goddamn jumpy. Can... Quinn do that with Eichenberg because look when Liam Eichenberg's playing he's fucking good he's, real he's good. really damn good this is a good offensive line these are good players five starters and, returning right and Liam Eichenberg is one of your better players in the country it's just the point of get those false starts to, off of his belt and that takes him from good to, to fucking great and that's what we're looking for and we're, no one is sure if Jeff Quinn is going to be able to do that um, you're returning all five starters with Tommy Kramer and returning six starters. Really? Yeah. Got Josh Lug. Yep. Josh Lug's coming back too. I, there is no reason why this, this offensive line, 
I mean, you're returning your quarterback. Out. Yeah, they can't figure it out. I, 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 know, I, I know a lot of it has to do with that clap cadence that they went to. Um, they but figured something out during the season. I, I, we can I, say I, that, I, right? I, they figured something out. Right, but they still had the clap. I don't think you're going to see that moving forward. I don't think we're going to have that. Is that and Tommy Reese thing? Not to mention you saw more Tommy Reese under center in the bowl game. Uh, and that Did I – did I say Tommy Reese under center? Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> he saw more. I do, I Ian Book. This, this is going to be a, a wild year. Folks. I'm going to say, I'm going to call Ian Book Tommy Reese a thousand times. I'm sure. I think I did it in the I'm last gonna, pot as well. Where yeah, just, but you're going to see Ian Book under center more. He did in the bowl game. Things are going to change. So maybe that changes. Maybe there was some, some budding of heads between Jeff Quinn and, and Chip Long. Maybe that was part of it. Uh, so, you know, we just get, we kind of have to well, wait to spring to see how, how their, their process um, how, you know, of snapping the ball well, is going to move. Go. Plus, they were working with Kramer and Hainsey as a as a five man unit, and then they lost Kramer, and right. then they lost Hainsey, right? Sure. So, right. yeah, right. And they're not going to get Hainsey. Is Hainsey coming back for the spring? Um, no, I don't believe so. I don't think so either. I don't think I he don't, needs I think, to. I don't think he needs to. I don't think anybody needs to. I'm very interested to see what fall practice looks like as far as the offensive line goes. Well, um, I think they're going to have to get There's something, there's the second, there's the depth at offensive line. I'm very interested to see in the spring, like Christophic, right? But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if you need like Kramer, Banks, Eichenberg, um, Hainsey. I, I don't need to see them in the spring. I'm more interested to see what they look like in the fall. But yeah. yeah. All right. Next question uh, from Irish for Life. The podcasts are always a great time. Number one, is there any info to give on what Tommy Reese will be bringing to the Notre Dame offense? Scheme, philosophy, wrinkles, etc. It's it's what would you say? Eighty percent chip long offense, twenty percent Tommy Reese, right? Do we know that? Yeah, because uh, or I'm only basing it off of the, the mid December press conference where 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 Brian Kelly indicated. They weren't going to make fundamental changes to the offense that they were they were currently running. And this there goes was going back to be, even farther than that, Jude. When Brian Kelly hired Chip Long, and there there was a, a statement from Kelly talking about how you know this isn't going to be the Chip Long offense. This is the Long Kelly offense because Chip Long is going to move on someday, and there needs to be a uh, a way to move on from that. I mean, he's already he stated that much back when he hired Long that th- there needs to be some kind of of, of cohesion there throughout I mean, Josh five minutes ago, you had mentioned Ian book under center, which was not well, something that you saw a considerable amount. Right. You, under... you, you're definitely gonna see changes. I mean, you're talking to the guy who's calling for the T formation, which by the way Team was Team. liked, was liked by Lance Taylor on Instagram. So, uh, if we yeah, do get the T formation this year, I, I, I quit. I'm gonna retire. I did my job. Um, but I, I, I think 80, 20 sounds about right. I, I it's going to be so much, these, these schemes are not that different. I think you're going to see less RPO stuff and more spread option. Um, but I could be absolutely wrong about that. Um, I, there's just going to be some differences what they are yet. I can say spring is going to be interesting. Um, and how much we actually see in spring, uh, we all know how this works. Uh, you know, spring is spring. We're going to make a big deal out of something that we'll never see again. Um, but, uh, it won't be until that first game where we start to notice things, but I think under center, uh, continuing to want to run the football, um, 
it'd be a lot more. I think they do less with Ian Book on the ground um, unless they have to. I mean, you know, last year was more out of need than anything else um, where you had to have Ian Book run for those yards. Uh, I think they really want their running backs more involved. And hopefully with Chris Tyree, a healthy Jameer Smith, Sebo Flemister, maybe those guys, uh, you know, between the three of them there uh, can get some stuff done. Jafar Armstrong working at running back and inside the flex. I don't know. I There's there's going to be some wrinkles because uh, Tommy Reese has got that advantage, right? Being a first-time OC play caller, he's going to have that kind of uh, advantage over guys. There's not a, a lot of film on Tommy and what, what he does in certain situations. So uh, I think he's going to have some things up his sleeve. What those are, uh, no one's going to know until we actually see them. He's got a fifth-year quarterback as well, which certainly helps uh, in in all sort of things. As as far as um, Ian Book, he's a Tommy have a, guy too. It's, yeah, it's he's a, a Tommy guy. Yeah, I mean, they're basic. You just call you called. I mean, I have, and we're going to continue to do so. Ian Book, Tommy Reese, you know, Tommy Reese, Ian Book. I mean, they're three-star quarterbacks. I mean, Ian Book's got some more wheels, but I'm very interested to see uh, to what what. Um, Tommy Tommy Reese has in store for Ian Book in his, his fifth year and whether or not Ian Book is able to absorb the playbook and is given the same sort of autonomy that Tommy Reese had. Because if you remember 2013, Tommy Reese had in the Brian Kelly era an unheralded amount of autonomy and being able to call his own plays, which was the thing that was defining with Tommy Reese as right. a quarterback is his ability to come up to the line. And I don't you don't. You can mention Tommy Reese and Newt Rockney in the same sentence because it's not that far off. But you can't – You, I, I'm going to feel dumb saying Tommy Reese and Peyton Manning, but there is a similar approach to it where Tommy Reese was the OC in 2013 to a certain extent in his ability to call plays and audible, right? Is that, fa- is that fair I, or am I off? I think it's absolutely fair. If your quarterback's the one making a lot of the decisions out there, uh, that's not a – I mean that's a pretty fair statement to say. Jude, am I dumb? I'm staying. I'm staying way the hell away from you Tommy Reese's new rock comparisons. Listen, All right, let's move on. Let's move on to let's the second to part this. where everyone has everyone has an opinion. Yeah, I'm gonna fight you. Which is a worse pizza topping, pineapple or anchovies? Either one of them because they're both delicious. I'd say anchovies. I'd go with pineapple. Absolutely pineapple. Anchovies <laughs> is pizza the fuck is wrong fish and fire is a fantastic pizza topping there has not been a mackalinden pizza that, that has been ordered that, that saltiness on top of your pie oh, so you get a pepperoni and anchovy pizza you get it from oh, fuck man that's some that's we that's do, we, do right we do anchovies and jalapenos the fish and fire it is Ain't fantastic that? but i, I mean, mean there's something about i am not a hater of the pineapple the sweetness and the saltiness of the pepperoni people get the pine people get the ham but there's like the ham they put on there the, even the canadian bacon it's just like a slimy mess and i actually think it's the ham that gives the pineapple the the uh the the bad rep pineapple is fantastic I, I, i'm not a hater of the pine of the hawaiian pizza the pineapple and ham or um i, I like you know or pineapple and bacon that's um, a good choice but i mean it's just, i if i had to choose between the two i take anchovies every single time without blinking uh, all right, moving on. Uh, that's a great question, by the way. I'll, I'll bring those on, people. Uh, what are what are the odds that we can? Okay, there's three. Uh, three, Jude, you are the uh, the degenerate here. So I'm gonna be looking at you mostly here. What are the odds that a 
we can get an atmosphere at Notre Dame Stadium for the Clemson game like we saw at Georgia. I don't know if we can really get numbers with that. What What does he mean? I guess I'm confused. I, I, think, I think he's talking DOA. about the Georgia. Like, I think he what, what he means here is, can Notre Dame Stadium be like Sanford Stadium down in Athens? Like for when we played, when we went down to Georgia. In terms when of Clint, the when, Notre Dame fans? Like the, kind of the rowdiness, the insane – the guy wants a the guy wants a cool atmosphere. Okay, can it be can it be on the Georgia level? I would that, say odds are that zero uh, percent. Can I counter that? Even sure, both teams are both teams are undefeated. And late do in you, the season, do you remember when when Notre Dame the green out for Michigan twenty eighteen? Right? Did Notre yeah. Dame provide fans with anything? No. Yeah, those towels, right? Well, no, the towels oh. just busted out 14 hours ago when Notre Dame got beat by 30 points by Louisville, uh, the women's basketball team. But Notre Dame greened out for Notre Dame-Louisville, and it was the first time Notre Dame's done a concerted effort. They put well, towels on every single seat for the, the women's basketball team. The best green in that stadium team. was the uh, Remember the Six shirts. Uh, <laughs> just putting that in there. Yeah, I mean, it absolutely was. And next year... It but didn't no, give them when green they green off the stadium. But to that point, that, that game, that game, that stadium, that atmosphere against Michigan in 2018, electric, was was electric. I was it. It's one of the. It's there's so many few good great games at Notre Dame Stadium anymore. The way it's scheduled, it, it is absolutely one of those times where I'm up in the press box and just like hating myself for being up there. Go like, to like actually like you know what. Fuck this, because I can go anywhere I want in the stadium. So I'll leave the. Pre- I left the press box and went down into <laughs> to watch the game a little bit. I I, I need that atmosphere. I go to go to, go to Twitter. Go to Twitter. Go to at Go Irish. That's the ND marketing uh, Twitter handle. For they put green towels out for. Right. I mean, I, it I looks it like they are trying to make a concerted effort, and if they do a similar thing for Clemson next year. I mean, part of the problem with Georgia, the last big home game Notre Dame had well, of, of this sort the- of org was Georgia 2017, right? I mean, there was the Michigan 2018, um, and they did they did a pretty good but job. But the Georgia game in 2000, no one was really expecting anything, really. I mean, I mean you were coming off, what, 4-8? and eight? Yeah, it, the, that's not so much. This guy's really wanting to hammer it home. Like, th- just think about the Georgia game this last season. Yeah. How insane it was down there. Oh, the laser light show. Well, we laser just like Joe, the fucking pop and circle. I mean, everything that involved that game was just intensity fucking on steroids. If Notre Dame beats Wisconsin, I think that I it's not going to approach that. Yeah, I don't think it's zero percent. I think I think there's a I think it's it'll be the biggest one for is it there to say it'll be the biggest 33% chance that that place will be fucking ridiculous. If both teams are undefeated, if both teams are undefeated, is it the biggest? And the, and the weather has to hang in there. Remember, this is a November game, November night game. So, night game meaning that there's going to be less old folk up in there. Oh yeah, especially Regar- regardless of opponent, there's going to be less old folk. They're just deciding to just to go to South Bend to use their. I mean, it could get nuts. There, there is a there, there is a route. There there is a way for this to be uh, pretty insane. So, I mean, I, it'll be the biggest game since 2005. Yeah. All right. If they're undefeated. Right. Yeah. Next question. Also, outside of playing a mistake-free game, how do we beat Clemson? Oh, that's not too hard. 
Uh, Trevor Lawrence, Can Travis Etienne, and Justin Ross are all injured. Oh, boo. I mean, that's the answer. No, the answer. I, I, look, I give Notre Dame a better shot than most people. I have a heart. Clemson does not play well in Boston late in the season. I don't think they're going to have a, a great time if the weather cooperates with us in South Bend. I think it's going to be a lot like Florida State. I mean, it's going to be a lot like when these teams come up south. That's why we, that's why Brian Kelly and Jack Swarbrick want these SEC games. Or they want them in November and they won't do it. If you've ever been to Greenville, I think I, sort of Clemson, that Greenville, Spartanburg area of South Carolina, it's hot. And yeah. I mean, they play some games up north, but yeah, like Josh said with, with Boston, I don't know. I, it's I, there's a, there's going to be a, there has to be a confluence of events, right? Like Ian Book's going to have to be lead going into that game having a great season. There has to be con- I mean, stay healthy. I mean, obviously, if Trevor Lawrence, Justin Ross, and Travis Etienne are hurt, that all helps, right? Yeah. But us being healthy, just as a team itself, uh, you know, is key. You cannot have two of your best linemen, offensive linemen, out. Uh, that that can't happen. What so, if no, Brendan has to be healthy? And what I, what I if Brennan doesn't have to eat a hat? What if Brennan doesn't have to eat a hat? Chris Tyree touches the ball ten times, and Ian Book plays the game of his career. Is it possible if I mean, if Ian Book plays the best football game of his collegiate career, and Chris Tyree touches the ball ten times, and we get four two four three speed in space? Is it possible? Is that is that the like you could have a fumble or two? I still or, think there's a possibility. It's Notre Dame is will be the toughest team that Clemson will all face up to that point. I mean, just the same as Clemson is going to be our toughest game, but we at least have a bigger test there with Wisconsin. Clemson's still going to be kind of untested in a, in a way, um, much like they are with their shit schedules every year. Um, so, you know, can you catch them? And that's a big thing too, right? In college, we just ca- you got to catch them. Did anyone expect Notre Dame to go up to Ann Arbor and fucking shit down their legs 45, 14? No, even everyone, that, even people that picked against the Irish and the way in hell that they were, Notre Dame was going to win that game. We're going to pick that kind of egg dropping. So, I mean, stuff happens on the road. Uh, it's a place that Clemson has not, is not used to. Uh, it's going to be, it could be some, some bad weather night game. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of things in Notre Dame's favor if they stay healthy. Um, is that going to be enough for them to win the football game though? Mm. Don't know. Uh, you're going to have plenty of tape on Notre Dame going into that game to make a better decision that sitting here in January, um, we can have some hope but we're going to have to see some games in uh, September and October uh, to, to lead into that. I mean, we're going to have to see if this, this is a offense that can score 40 points a game. If this is a defense that's going to remain stout, if, if they're, you know, not hurting that cornerback. Um, so yeah, we're not, Clemson, I'm not, Clemson, I'm not as pessimistic as dudes, dudes, sad ass. Clemson could get caught looking ahead to Citadel the next week. They could. They could. And you I know, mean, and the they, week before, they, I mean, they have the, before the they have a bye, bye week. Of course. Yeah, it's so. very difficult to, to, uh, to. I still, I still got to write that story about uh, all of college football last year and their bye weeks, but we'll get to that later. Next question. Lastly, how much would you pay to see uh, Jeremiah Wosukoromoa running down the field, swinging Trevor Lawrence around by his flowing locks like a, a terrible towel. 
I mean, I got thirty-seven dollars. I got. I mean, yeah, I got twenty on it. It wouldn't be the worst thing. Who does Notre Dame play the week after Clemson? Uh, who does ND play the week after Clemson? Yeah. Well, I have the answer to that. It is uh, Georgia Tech at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and they don't even run the triple option anymore. So, what's the big deal? That's a November game. Down yeah. Atlanta? Yeah, down in Atlanta, oh, November fourteenth. Show up, yeah. get some Chick Fil A so down at the. Can you can you afford uh, Wu to be out for a game for suspension? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, they don't play triple option anymore, so it's not like you really need a linebacker who can make plays in the backfield. So, and plus, yeah, yeah, I think so. I think. Yeah, I think you could probably afford to not have Wu for the the Georgia Tech game as he's um, Trevor Lawrence running. I mean, if it's. But Trevor, he'll probably be grabbing Trevor Lawrence by the hair, and Trevor Lawrence just did the read option and gave it to Travis Etienne. Damn it! I mean, your your hair is part of your uniform, so it could be it could be considered a legal uh, takedown, depending on how he does it. Yeah, so maybe no suspension, just a horse collar, right? Yeah, just a horse collar. Yeah, okay, we're fine. We're fine. It's a horse collar. He's, he's swinging it around. The, he's not grabbing the collar though. He's grabbing the flowing locks. Here's the problem: what if what if Sunshine pulls a full Sunshine and ends up cutting his hair before the game? Oof. Then I think we're in some deep shit. I don't know, man. Samson. Yeah, Sam, sure. you don't cut that hair. I mean, Sunshine did and remember the Titans and they ended up winning the state title. Maybe it's like after puberty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. I got another question here from Instagram. Uh, Gouda Vuda. That's kind of a cool name. Gouda Vuda 8. How do you think the loss of Elliot and Gilman will affect Notre Dame's defense next year? Do you think Pryor and Hamilton can step into their roles? Is Pryor the starter? I think he's pretty much the presumed starter. Yeah. I mean, there's Houston, right? But, uh, yeah. I mean, I think most people are are pretty locked in with it being Pryor and Hamilton. Yeah. With, with Griffith being that third safety that they like to use. And I, I still have not figured out what we're going to hell we're going to do about Nickelback and all Nickel. that, that's still that's still a process for me. Uh that's that's a map and, and red yarn. We'll figure um, that out when we get the who whoever's the second corner behind uh Sean Crawford and who's the, the corner that steps in for Sean look, Crawford when he's inevitably injured, right? Not, I mean, not only are you losing two safes, here's the thing though. Regardless regardless of our, our sweet baby Kyle, you're still losing two players that are probably getting drafted in the NFL. Yeah. Not only that, there are two captains. And not only were they captains, they were very well-respected players and leaders on the field. They ran the fucking show. Yeah. You and probably don't sign Chris Tyree without having Jalen Elliott is on Kyle, the staff. Is Kyle Hamilton ready to direct back there? As great as he is, maybe not. Maybe that's not part of his greatness yet. And I could be wrong. Greg, do not do not jump through uh, the phone to or your listening device and smack me. I'm just putting the possibility that maybe he has not reached greatness uh, on that end yet. Um, so they're they're losing a ton there, a ton of experience, a ton of leadership. It, it's going to be a hard it's going to be a hard spot to fill because you're basically in, insert Griffith and and Pryor, and both guys have a lot to prove. Um, so you know I don't know. I, I, I this that's that's a tough one for me. That's one of my bigger questions. 
Yeah, I mean, Jude, Jude, is there is is there something you? I have nothing to add that hasn't already been said. I, I think he just you, doesn't want to piss off Greg. He just, he just doesn't want to agree with me. Go on record with agreeing with me. I agree with Josh. There you oh, go. he's on record. <laughs> Fuck yeah! Only an hour and a half into this thing. All right, I think that's it. If, if there's other questions elsewhere, I don't know. But I, I, I think, think the good. only thing left is uh, reviews, yeah, right? Gotta, I. These are all promises. All promise. I promised y'all I would read these. So, luck for y'all, not for us, but for y'all, we only got uh, a few uh, reviews since the last podcast. But before I get to those, I want to make sure that you guys know this. Write a review on on this, and this is just Apple Podcasts. Uh, sorry. Um, I, I mean, I use Overcast and Spotify for a lot of things, too. Uh, but we're just, I'm just basing this off the reviews for the Apple podcast, write a review and we will read it off on every podcast. doesn't have to be a five star, although we will definitely take it. Um, but whatever you put on there, I will write, but I'm going to read you a couple of, uh, reviews we got from the summer, um, that I think that you'll find interesting. Uh, Tyler James, maybe a name you might know. Um, Who's that? he does a little something over there in South Bend, oh. gave us a five star. This podcast is a burrito. It's only a taco when Carter Carls is on the show. (laughs) To be fair, it would probably be a taquito because Carter Carls only eats gas station food and they don't serve tacos. I'm pretty sure sure it's a sandwich because he will – I think he will defend his take that a taco is just a sandwich. That's fair enough. Uh, The second one from another guy, white sunglasses. Who who could that be? Oh, Eric Hansen? (laughs) Uh, Another five-star review. Uh, the Portillos of podcasts. <laughs> what, may, I, I, what are we talking? <laughs> this is our summer wit. Uh, the Portillos of podcasts. What makes this podcast work is a nice blend of humor and impressive prep by the co-hosts. They ask great questions. They think on their feet and they accomplish this all apparently without the help of having a beer first. <laughs> oh, oh, sweet. Eric. Sincerely. Yeah, I, 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 Eric Eric's my favorite. I love Eric. Strong performance. What's that? I, I I just I I am a huge Eric Hansen fan. Uh, you can't talk me out of it. I just oh absolutely. Eric's been Eric's been wonderful for me from the sit with me from the jump and 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 that is in no way true. But I am just love that he said that. So that, I mean I, that the whole listen the whole South Bend Tribune. I, I love hometown newspapers and the guys that work there. You know Tom Noy, Carter Carls, Eric Hansen, Tyler James. All those guys over there covering that, they they do outstanding work. Yeah, Rob Franklin and Mike Katerina and the, the exactly. photos and the Anthony Anderson. Paper. Support your local paper. Uh, and they deserve it because they, they really do excellent quality work. Uh, and I appreciate them coming on the show. Uh, I'm going to have to try to get Eric on the show uh, you know, over the course of this offseason. I'm going to work on that one. So leading into our, our, our two reviews that we got since the last podcast. Rezus. This comes from The Real Coconut. Rezus, for those who are worried about Tommy being BK's yes man, can y'all make a video compilation of the times Reese would yell back at Kelly on the sidelines? I seem to rem- remember seeing Check quite a few of those in 2013. Fun podcast to listen to when you want to talk Notre Dame football, but crack back a few beers as well. I mean, as serious as we, as like Jude and I, are, or mainly me screaming through the microphone, <laughs> uh, th- this is a for fun. This is for fun. So, <laughs> so yeah, crack back a few. 
uh, or a nice bottle of fucking bourbon. The last one. DRND08. Man, y'all, Josh is wrong is done. I'm not wrong. You don't have to keep <laughs> other reviews. All right. No more. No more. But this does say Josh is wrong. Love the show. My favorite one so far has to be the villains podcast. Which, yeah, that was a pre-Christmas one. That was pretty, that was pretty fun. I think, Brendan, don't we say we're going to have to do a uh, revisited villains podcast? Oh, we absolutely uh, do. Podcast in the I mean, future. So many forgotten, but yeah. Oh, so many. So many. And and Jude wasn't with us on that one either. I so wasn't even on that one. That's, yeah. that's, that's an interesting call. So Yeah, we're definitely going to need – we'll have to revisit that for sure. Uh, check out our list, which for, for some reason, Tyler Palco was a bulk of the uh, conversation on that podcast. Fucking Tyler Palco. Uh, I think that's it for tonight, guys. What do you think? That's great. No, I think we pretty much nailed on everything other than the fact that Corey Robinson's joining the NBC Sports coverage staff. We uh, that's that's some breaking news, right? Little Notre Dame alumnus getting onto there, and hopefully uh, uh, that means uh, NBC's taking a, a more open approach to bringing. Is he the new OJ? I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about NBC. He's going to be at the Super Bowl, right? This is his inaugural um, joining for NBC sports coverage, but it just goes that uh, it shows that um, NBC is willing to hire some Notre Dame alumnus uh, to their booth. And maybe that's a, you're saying is this is the bone they're throwing. Wait Um, a second. Ian Williams is already employed by NBC sports too. So yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's all leading up to Brady in the booth, right? <laughs> no, I think this is the bone. This is the uh, leading oh, up to Jack no. Collinsworth in the booth. I, I wouldn't mind that either. <laughs> uh, be, or I think, um, settled, I think he's settled in pretty well with the NFL right now, isn't he? Or when Matt Ryan retires from the NFL, he ends. Yes, uh, Jack, Matt Ryan will be your next uh, color commentator. Jack is football, doing, no uh, doubt about it. Jack you know, is hosting shows for the ACC network, I believe. Hey, listen to this, guys. So basically, when Tommy Reese takes over as head coach for Notre Dame football and wins those new national titles, yeah, guess two. who's going to be? Guess who's going to be in the booth? Um, Tim Hasselback, Mike Golick Jr., Phil Dracovic. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, who's that's right. Whole life dreamed of being a, a Boston College Eagle, right? Yep. That's uh, that's fucking canon right there. Did he literally say that? Oh my god! Don't no, but he, he had his that. press conference today about. Okay, the, but he didn't say he literally dreamed his whole life being a BC Eagle, right? No, 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 okay. no. Maybe, but no. <laughs> <laughs> the Super Bowl Cause I, started because I, I had a I, very angry uh, one foot down meter uh, back in Phil uh, Phil up uh, talking about how he deserved. Kind of like how he deserved to be the starter this year because he was a fan his whole life and he was waiting on the bench for two years. And then all of a sudden, Tommy or Ian Book decided to come back. It's not fair. I mean, just imagine if McDougal had the same sort of feelings. uh, uh, Hey, it ain't 1993 anymore, Brandon. It sure isn't. It's not. And it's fine. It's fine that he left. No, it's fine because that's the way college football goes. I'm not going to cry my beard over it. I mean, the, the, that was the thing. The guy was upset because I was praising Brendan Clark. My praise was that I just liked the kid. I love like the intangibles that he has, and he's the backup quarterback. I'm interested in seeing what happens because he is the presumed backup quarterback. Same thing would I would have had a lot of say about Phil 
had he stayed being the presumed backup quarterback. But <laughs> man, that was a that was a funny <laughs> that was a funny combat section right there. Uh, you can tell someone was really really distraught over Phil leaving because uh, they thought he should be starting over Ian Book this year. Come on, get real. Come on. Thank, thank you for all the questions that everyone submitted. They were great. Yeah. Keep, yeah. keep submitting questions. Keep uh, keep sending in reviews. Uh, Josh is going to keep right. Write whatever if you want Josh to read something dumb that's not political or or offensive, uh, put something in the give us a five star review. I'm not. I'll say it. Give us a five star review and tell Josh, <laughs> tell Josh to say something dumb. It'll be fantastic. Like tombstones yeah, better than home run and pizza. Tell him bullshit. to say that. God, we're you're not ended on that one. No home run ends uh, where it's at. So definitely, hey, if you're just a listener to this podcast, you are missing out on a whole lot of good stuff uh, over at OneFootDown.com where we reside. Um, it is, uh, it, like we said before, it's a tough winter sports season right now. Um, but uh, but we, are, we are pushing through, and we still got a whole lot of football to talk about, uh, which we do uh, pretty much on the daily. Uh, check us out there on Twitter at OneFootDown. Uh, we are over on Facebook. If uh, I mean, I put, my, I put articles over there. Uh, I kind of left that riffraff do whatever they want over there. Whatever. It's a a D Miller try zone. (laughs) Look, that has forced me over to Instagram. uh, So I'm over there a lot, uh, uh, quite a bit more than uh, now that I'm freeing up my Facebook time. So that's at one foot down SBN. Uh, I am on TikTok uh, at one foot down SBN as well. So is Brendan. So is Matt green. Uh, right. I've seen, seen him show up on TikTok today uh, and d- give the follow. So, uh, hey, I, I make some videos every once in a while. I'm not going to dance yet. Um, I haven't been drunk enough with my phone in my hand, I don't think, to do that yet. Uh, but uh, it's something. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> if, if you need to pass some time in the bathroom for a few minutes, it, it'll we can take care of you there. All right. Well, so... <laughs> We got to go because this is another long one. Uh, but, uh, but we hear you guys like that sort of thing. And, uh, and we appreciate it. Appreciate it. Every, you got everyone listening. Let everybody know. Leave us those reviews. And go Irish. Go Irish.